Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am one of your hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I'm talking to my other host, who I think just got a haircut. Is that true, Patrick? You're looking very sharp. No, like but I appreciate shirt. that. I don't know why you think I got a haircut, but I really appreciate that you say yeah. like I'm sharp. You're looking good. You got good lighting this time. I think it's the You're lighting. You're shrouded in darkness. Yeah. <laughs> the lighting is pretty good, but it makes my forehead look quadruple the size. And I already have Stop. a large forehead. And it makes it look Stop. greasy. It doesn't look greasy right now. Stop. You look <laughs> like you've been in the sun, but you look like, uh, you know, warm. Mm, I mm-hmm. don't like It's a good look. Thank you. I you're appreciate gl- you're that. You're glowing, Patrick. You're yes. simply glowing. Which is ironic because I'm in San Diego, and as folks know, it's <laughs> I, I love seeing my family, uh, but I sure. really don't like having to travel here and be here and go to the office. It's really, I really uh, puts me in a very fa- – I texted Casey like – 15 minutes before this, it's like, just so you know, Casey, I'm in a foul mood. Yes. But and this is a frequent text I get before shows. It is not so I just have to kind it's of like, put, I got to put a mask on to protect myself from flying pre- things around the room, you know? This is episode 71, I think. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's very crazy. And the reason I bring that up is because I've maybe texted that four or five times, if that, in 71 <laughs> weeks, over a year. So I've only been in a bad mood four or five times in a year. That's pretty good. Well, there good. have been times you just haven't texted and you've just shown no, up. No, I, I always tell a you. monster. <laughs> I always tell you. Um, like Nosferatu out of the closet. It's yeah. frightening. Yeah. We're recording a little bit later this week, Casey, because your your power went out. Oh, my God. Okay, so I didn't even what tell happened? you all everything about it. Uh, so, give me okay. the breakdown. Okay, it has been unseasonably cold. I guess it's supposed to be cold this time of year, but not this cold. It's been in the It's 30s been very cold, in, yeah. In LA, like which is crazy. So it was raining so hard, like Minnesota levels of just like torrential downfall, like huge raindrops, which you don't usually see. That's not how it rains here. No, and not at all. It was like 38 degrees outside, and our power <laughs> went out. And we were like, fuck. And so we were kind of trying to figure out what to... At first, we were like, huh, I guess we're not working today. Yay, fun. That's and the best the feeling. Car- and then the carbon monoxide alarm starts going off. That's not and the best feeling. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, is there a leak? And then we're like, we, you know, after Trisha and I screamed at each other for a few moments, we got our heads and we uh, figured out that we got we to gotta evacuate the apartment. You know, were you and annoyed dog- with each other? Why were you screaming at each other? Oh, it was just scary. There's mm. a lot going on. Did you know and, that Weird Al uh, Yankovic's parents died of carbon monoxide poisoning? Yes, I did know that. Did we talk about that before on the podcast? No, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we figured we were like, we have to leave, you know? Right. Um, and cause, and I called the gas company, and they're like, we'll have to send a guy out to check, but you got to leave the apartment. And I'm like, when's the guy coming? And they're like, today. And this was like nine a or no, it was like eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was like, today. And they're like, and you need to be on premises to let the person in. So, so you I'm need like, to be outside of the house, but on premises? Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, Trisha is like, I'm on deadline. I have to, I have stuff. I can't, I need to finish the stuff. And luckily I was a little more flexible and I was like, I'll stay with Dolly. And she walked to a cafe with her stuff. Oh, cause we couldn't. And also our car was in the garage and we couldn't open it cause the electric garage oh opener wasn't working. So God. Trish had to walk in the rain 
uh, to like, and it was uh, raining cafe. really hard. If it was anything it was. like it was down here in San Diego, it was like I was. It was drenched. raining really hard. Poor Trisha had to, and then you know, of course, it's Highland Park, so she's schlepping to all these coffee shops, and they're like, you know what? We want people to be present in our coffee shops, so we don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, she yeah. went to like three coffee shops that didn't have Wi-Fi, <laughs> and then finally found one. And worked there all day. And then Dolly and I set up camp on our little porch. Thank God we had a porch area at least to is sit on. Is it covered? On. I can't it, remember. It is. Oh, okay. But it was raining and it was so, I was so cold. It was like 38 <laughs> degrees. Dolly, I wrapped her in like three blankets and oh, she's like miserable. I'll send you a pic of Dolly out on the porch. And we were out there for like four hours waiting oh for the gas God. guy to come were you working so, or were you just chilling or i couldn't you... work yeah i couldn't work on anything yeah and then what did you do for four hours i sat there <laughs> and looked at my phone and then that was about it uh wow so I you walked glued your phone for of... four hours and i didn't really get so much as a social text it was all well transactional i was, I was too upset i would i didn't want to say you were grouchy energy. I was oh grouchy is an understatement, my man. But the gas guy came. There was no leak. He thought it had to do with the electrical. Oh yeah. And or we were lighting candles, so he was like, "You could have set it off maybe that way." He was like, "But if it happens again, call always call." Mm -hmm. He's like, "Just always call. It's always better safe than sorry." Yeah. And then Trisha comes home, and I'm like exhausted, and she's exhausted because she just like walked in. And what time is this? Five. Okay. And then we were like, we need to go to a restaurant. And so we went to the Greyhound Bar, which was lovely. We got drinks and wings and burgers. I've never been to Greyhound. I've walked by it a bunch of times and I've always wanted to go. I like it a lot. It was my first time going. I really liked it. Cool. And, you know, Trish and I had a great time at at the end of a really hard day. And when we got back to our apartment, our electricity was back on. See, this this is beautiful. It was beautiful, but man, and so we couldn't, we could not record Fart House. No. So it, I think it turned on around 7.30 okay. at night. So it was off for like eight and a half hours. What did I end up know? doing so, Tuesday night instead of, I don't even remember like what I ended up doing. Your thumbs, staring at a wall in a chair. This is really weird that I have a complete void in my brain of what mm, I did on Tuesday. Maybe you were abducted. <laughs> I may have been abducted. Oh, I watched. I watched The Bachelorette. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm behind. My mom was oh, very really? shocked by what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. So did she spoil it for you? A little bit. But yeah. I don't really know. Also. Okay. When are you gonna get caught up? Because I kind of wanted to talk about it, but I guess we'll talk about it next week. I don't know. We've not been watching this season very much. Mm. Bad. You know, which we is have... bad because she's from Minnesota. Yeah. You know, we have fans clamoring for us to do a Vanderpump Rules episode. Who is clamoring? Katie Walsh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mm. look at how you I do respect up. Katie professionally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Patrick says that it's a fuck you. Katie says that it's a oh. <laughs> no, that's correct. You got that right. Um, wow. You had quite a weak case. I got my booster yesterday and I was bracing oh. to feel like shit, but I'm feeling okay. You know what? I felt nothing bad from the booster. I felt very bad from the vaccine. Same. I Second shot, really I was sick, really but sick. But I didn't feel anything from the booster. Mm-hmm. And I've heard the opposite, too. People who felt nothing from the vaccine, the booster kicked their ass. Really? So, yeah. So, yeah, I felt nothing. Boost me, daddy. Yeah. I boost me all day. Happy to get boosted. Put me on the booster seat, you know? Um, before we move on to uh, our Patreon thank yous, I wanted to ask you. Yes. Have you heard what uh, Sean is doing this weekend for his holiday party? 
Yes. So Sean and I and Trisha went to a Minnesota Wild versus Los Angeles Kings hockey game on Saturday. The the Wild lost, sadly. And Sean is having a Sean said he's having a holiday party at what is it? The World Market. He's told me about. There's like a wine bar. It's like where you go to. (laughs) What is World Market exactly? Wait, you've never been to World Market. I have, but I can't. It's I like can't, a, it's just such a innocuous name. It's hard to like. Yeah, know it's what like it ostensibly is. a market with design elements from around the world. Like you can get linens there. You can get some furniture there. Like you can get some bedding there. And uh, oh, cost plus market. It yeah. kind of seems like world market. It sort of seems like I don't know. Like a department. A it is. It's like that's department Casey. Store? That's the best way to characterize it. It's like a, it's like a miniaturized department store with like global influence, and it, it is yeah. kind of cool. I mean, there's like some fun stuff in there, and there's got some good designs. And they've got but like Sean and his brother Brandon have been going to have been frequenting the wine bar that's in the World Market, and he's throwing a party at the World Market. Which, and I'm I'm unclear if he actually has permission to do this like he asked the people who work there or he's just uh you know kind of um globbing on you know so i got do some you have any d- insight into that? i do i do because i was so mystified by this when he he created a little flyer it's for like it did you see a party inside of michael's you know or That's like exactly uh, <laughs> Or like if there was like like a wine bar in the back of Ross. Yes, Ross. That was the story I was trying to think of. Yes, it's very much like a kind of a nicer Ross. But it's like the funny it, thing is too. It's not like actually. It's not like they have a menu where you can ask to like where you're like, oh, I'll have a glass of this. It's like you buy a bottle and they'll pour. It for you. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow. There are people there that do this, and Sean yeah. and his brother Brandon became these people, and they're they're now friends with the bartender Sarah. Where is the World Market? Is the it one like they're going Hawthorne? to is in El Segundo? Oh, it's in El Segundo, <laughs> the South Bay. Okay, yeah. so they're having a holiday party. Well, at the I'm definitely. Are you going to go? I'm devastated I can't go. I, of course, would have gone. You um, would not have gone. You would do yes, anything. Yes, I would have. <laughs> you would go to El Segundo to hang out. It is a little far, cosplay. but I want to support Sean's bizarre endeavor, you know? So he supports our bizarre they, they endeavor. Had <laughs> they had to promise. So the, the store is staffing the bar with an additional person just for this. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. He and they did had ask. to promise that they would bring at least 20 people. Oh my god, 20 people? Otherwise they have to foot the bill. Oh my god. Oh, it's the funniest thing. I wish I could go. This is like a plot line in Shit's Creek or something. (laughs) It is like the most it's peak Sean. It is this is you tell someone this story and it's like you understand completely who Sean is. I should take Sean back onto uh Judge John Hodgman. For this. this would be a really good part two. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as offended by this, but uh, I I think I would. Uh, maybe I should send in an update because yeah. they might want to know. <laughs> yeah. Let me make a note of that. I'll t- I'm going to send an think, update I to think, the producer. I think Jesse and Judge John would absolutely be fascinated by this. Yes, I think they would too. Anyways, Patrick, how are you doing? We, we kind of... S- 
talked about that a little bit, but how how are you? Uh, doing okay. You know, a little bummed that I'm here in San Diego, but through you know, like I said, happy to be with family and happy to be talking to your best friend in the world, Casey. Happen to be talking to my best friend in the world, Casey, in the same time zone. Um, wow. But going to the office really sucks. Yeah, and I, I don't the recommend booster. it. But that was fine. I'm feeling okay. I'm doing all right. I'm going back to Texas okay. tomorrow night, so just counting down the minutes until that. Got to get back to the the plains or yeah. the uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hill country. Hill country. Getting back to hill, hill country. country. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, let's let's hit up some patrons. Yes. Who are they? Case. So uh, we got a couple this week that we're going to be highlighting. Fantastic. The first, you and I both know. You know yes. much better than I do, but I've met him and I love him. He's a great guy. Fantastic. I didn't even know he was a patron of the fart. Oh, you didn't? And that warms my heart seeing his name on here. Yes. He's super sweet. And if I mispronounce his surname, please correct me. Raf Gachalian. Did I pronounce it correctly? I believe that's correct. Yes. Rafael Gachalian. Who is a very good friend of yours and Trisha's? And I was—he like, was in Trisha's bridal party. Yes, in Trisha's bridal party. Um, a little miffed that I didn't get to walk down the aisle with Raph. Although, who did yes, I walk Justin down with? Justin did. I don't know. Did you walk down with Brooke? No. Uh, oh, you mentioned her on the pod last week. Tally. She, Tally. I walked down with Tally. Yeah, love Tally. Tally was great. great. So actually, no, uh, Tally and Raph would have been nice if I could do both. Anyways, Raph. Uh, he's a good friend of all of ours. Lives in the Los Angeles, California area. Um, yes. He Love gave Raph. us kind of two that it was kind of hard. He couldn't decide between two. It's his birthday two. soon, too. Oh, really? So, so happy birthday, Raph. Since this is his birthday, we'll give him, we'll give him scores for we'll two. We'll do both. We'll, we'll do, do both. both. First one, uh, Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant. Have you seen? Yes. I'm going to give it a nine. I was going to say 8.7. It's boring. It's a very slow movie. One time we did a live Switchblade like Sisters show. I do too. I, we did a live Switchblade Sisters show and the guests wanted to talk about the bitter tears of Petra von Kant. And so we were like showing clips of it to this audience and they were like, what the fuck is this? It was at Fantastic Fest. And people were, yeah, outraged that we were talking about the bitter tears <laughs> of Petra von Kant at, uh, at what's that bar? The Highball Bar. Highball, in, yeah. Uh, yeah. I still haven't funny. been because it was closed due to COVID. That makes sense. Um, but I think they're reopening it pretty soon. Cool. Oh, and the other highlight other one, of my week... Oh, Before yes. we get to that, I, b- I bought tickets to Licorice Pizza. Damn, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. I gotta go. I want to see it. Alonzo Duralde said it's his favorite movie of the year. And I trust I trust Alonzo a lot of the time. Him and I have very similar opinions on movies. Well, this is so. kind of Alonzo's time of year, because didn't he write a book about Christmas movies? Yes, and Kelly Clarkson talked about it on her show Holy today. shit. A Propos of Nothing? Uh, no, because the guys... Christmas. So he helped write it with these three guys who have a Hallmark podcast they're kind of the big shots but alonzo's on the show a lot and mm. he's and alonzo's an actual writer so he like and he was a co-author the, he is it's contributor. like yeah and uh but i mean he gets money from that and she held up the damn book that's really you know cool. on tv it was pretty cool and she's so, huge all right she's, she's big deal cool uh and then his other one was salo or the 120 days of sodom now i have not seen this movie you haven't seen but it no, it's I. I will do it on this show. I bet I'll say it's uh, a. Well, you go first. I'll let you rank it. No, you rank it. Okay, because you've seen it. So it's not really a slow movie, but it is so. It's so unsettling and so disturbing and so disgusting. Wow, Raph. let's say a nine point four. 
Shame on Raph for being such a little perv. Uh, but thank you, Raph, for supporting the show. I love you, Raph. If we You're ever do solo, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about just how obsessed I was with trying to see that movie when I was in high school. It was like my holy grail was solo. Yeah. That's like all it's I wanted It's on Criterion, see. I believe. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways. And then this next person. Thank yes. you, Raph. Really, we really appreciate it. Yeah, Can't thank wait you, to Raph. See you soon. I'm going to see you on Sunday, actually. I feel like so. Raph said something else to me that I should mention. It had to do in the context of this. Uh, hmm. Raph has been a big proponent of the show. I've seen him talk about the show to other people. Really? Just out of lot. nowhere? Yeah. That's really yeah. sweet. So, Oh, um, yes. Here it is. Here it is. Thank God I didn't forget this. He said, tell Casey I appreciate the Star Trek references. Oh, yes. He's a big Trekkie. I mm-hmm. talked to Raph about Star Trek. Cool. Because um, we're both really cool. <laughs> This next person I've never, um, I, I don't know this person. Yeah, Patrick. this person's a stranger, which is, we love, love our friends. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Not anymore. When no. you're a patron of the farts, you're a friend. Yeah. You you're know? obligated uh, as, to make us beneficiaries of your estate once you become a patron yes, of the farts. And it doesn't have to be that much, but it does have to be at least some percentage yes. in your uh, in your estate. We do but, need to be mentioned in your last will and testament. Yes. Julia Finley, Finlayson of Queensland, Australia. Is that correct? Yeah. Queensland, Australia. Originally from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fantastic. I'd love to hear her life story. I know. I wonder how she ended up What is up she in... doing listening to this show? It I don't seems know. seems like she has more interesting things to be doing with she, her life. Uh, most people have more interesting <laughs> things to be doing with their life and listen to this. <laughs> yes. All right. We're, uh, we're you know, the patrons of the farts and the hosts of these podcasts, we're a singular lot mm-hmm. of uh, sad boys, I would say. <laughs> But at least, at least we're having sex. You know, you become a patron of the farts. each other, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But Julia Finlayson, thank you so much for supporting the show. And you have a great... Have you seen this movie, Patrick? I'm embarrassed to say I haven't, so I'm going to leave this to you. Day to for Night it. by um, Francois Truffaut. It is maybe my favorite movie about making a movie. It's so funny, and it's so great, and just light, and wonderful. I'm. It's. I'm going to give it a seven... I'm just gonna actually. I'm gonna give it a six because it's it's just a so much six? fun. Yeah, it's I'm, it's black and white, correct? No, it's in color. Okay, it's in French. Some of it, but some of it's in English. Hmm. All right, you're poking, and it's got you're English poking holes actors. in all of my. <laughs> all of my. I'm poking them holes, batting them away. You're a hole poker. It's on my racket. Yeah. Um, but Julia, great pick. Um, and yeah, I love that movie. We should do that on the show. Okay. We really should. Yeah. We should do Salo and, uh, and Day for Night. Two great ones. Yeah. Two great ones. Excellent. Excellent. Patrick, we, we've been fiddling around, so let's get to Letterboxd Rundown. I don't think mine is very good. I haven't looked. I'm scared to look. Mine's okay, but not great considering how much time was between our last recording and this. Patrick. I'm going to blow your mind. What? I got nothing. You got nothing? Got nothing. What have you been up to the past eight or nine days? Well, if you recall, my electricity went out. And right, for we a few hours. And were poisoned by on carbon dioxide. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what we've been doing? We've been watching Love Island Australia. There, uh, okay. are you happy? Ooh, I wonder if Julia's watched Love Island Australia. I would uh, love to hear her opinions about Tina and Mitch. And why isn't why haven't Aaron and Jess posted about each other on each other's Instagrams? If anybody knows what I'm talking about, jump on in, tweet at me. We'll talk about it. But 
uh, yeah, we've been watching Love Island Australia, and we've really been enjoying that show. Okay, okay. Uh, so. What have I? Oh, I've been watching Real Housewives of Potomac. Great. Um, and so many, uh, so many, uh, what like um, events and uh, like, what do you call it? like galas? <laughs> galas on that show. <laughs> oh yeah, so many galas on that oh, and show. Every, everything on Real Housewives of Potomac is about like class. It's all about yes. like. Uh, etiquette and class they're all <laughs> yeah and they get mad at each other or they don't get they talk shit about each other like well she doesn't actually know how to throw yeah <laughs> I do I know the proper steps I know the best vendors yeah, just... when I go in to one of their parties I'm confused I don't know where I'm supposed yeah. to go it's like that's like yes. they talk shit that's like, exactly who, who what it is. They're like I don't know who's doing what I don't know where I'm supposed to go that is a that's lot exactly of that one of the great. complaints yeah um, okay well that's okay uh, we love reality TV here on Far we House do. Um, um, so I watched well, two yeah, uh, I watched uh, Benedetta. Oh, I'm jealous. Very I'm good. Jealous. Really enjoyed Jordan it. Jordan Cruciola really liked it. I really, the really liked I, it. I produced her podcast, Feeling Scene. Check it out. <laughs> Jordan Cruciola loved Benedetta. Yeah, I almost loved it. I think had I not read the tweet or the review that said like showgirls in a convent, I might have. Yeah. It's not like showgirls. Like, yeah, there's boobs and there's sex, but it's like, it's not. And there like is show. a convent. And there is a convent, but it is not. It's an awful way to describe the movie. It's Do a more, you think the Catholic League should have been standing outside uh, boycotting it? No, because it makes Catholicism seem cool and cool. hip. No, it actually <laughs> makes Catholicism seem really and queer. bad. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So I can under, if you're a very pious Catholic, I can understand it ruffling feathers, but. Um, I mean, it's like it's like where's the lie, dude? Like, show me the lie. Where's the lie? You know, where's the lie? Yeah, it's exactly you, what it was like, brother. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> word for word, uh, by the book. Patrick, what was your second movie? Uh, second was I finally watched Pig with Nicolas <sighs> Cage. I'm embarrassed. Don't oh, it's on. You me, should Patrick. check it out. It's on Hulu for free. Patrick, don't look at me. I'm so embarrassed. I, I haven't Casey's seen Casey's literally movie averting his eyes like a like a don't. dog who got into the trash. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like I should have seen Pig because my friend Drea Clark, who's also a host on one of the podcasts I produce, she for Film Independent did an hour long conversation with Nicolas Cage on Friday. Really? Just this past yeah. Friday? Oh, cool. Yeah, and like people could watch it when it was going on. That's and awesome. there's some funny screenshots of where Drea's holding like holding up her house cat and Nicolas Cage is like, all right. <laughs> like he's like, yeah. He is so I haven't like met him, but he was at um do you remember the David Gordon Green movie Joe? Yes. I haven't seen it. So uh there was a QA at the Arrow Theater whenever that came out. In Santa Monica. In Santa Monica with uh, David Gordon Green and Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage, he just came off as a really, really friendly guy. And he seems nice. Yeah. And, like, he, of course, he was mobbed by all these fucking weirdos. And he was patient yeah. and signed everyone's Moonstruck laser discs. And, and and to be clear, you were one of those weirdos. I, no, I no. <laughs> I was not. But I remember one of the questions. It was actually probably the only good, like, audience question I've ever heard. <laughs> because it was, I don't know, it was just kind of funny. The audience member was like, what do you think of the fact that you're, like basically a meme now he's like I, he's, he's like it's such a mystery to me i don't get it i don't know why it's a thing he's like i just i just am he's who expressive I am. <laughs> yeah i feel like leonardo dicaprio is equally a meme as nicholas cage you know you know until you said it just now i didn't 
internalize that, but yeah, I think you're a thousand percent right. Thank you, Patrick. It's you're nice welcome. to be confirmed <laughs> and uh, seen by you, so I appreciate that. Yes. So Patrick, that was it. Benedetta and Pig. Recommend both to all of our listeners. I got to watch those. You know, sometimes it's hard with this show. We're watching art house movies and they're heavy movies, and I just want to watch Love Island no, all day I understand. long. Especially after so. the one we're going to talk about today. Actually, this movie filled me up. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. Yes. This is Fart House. We watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. And we're talking about big one. We're talking about Eyes Wide Shut by Stanley Kubrick. Our second Eyes movie. Our second Eyes movie. Our second Kubrick film. Um, So this would be a good thing for the wiki is which are our most talked about directors. Is this our second time going to the well? Yes, it is. For any director. There's a bunch of two-timers. Michael Heineke. Oh, yeah. Um... The director of uh, In the Realm of the Senses, who I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Nagi Soshima. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How are you rattling a, this a, off? Is your memory that good? No, I have a bad memory. How are you rattling know, this off? Are you looking that. at something? I'm not looking at anything, Patrick. Oh. <laughs> I just re- happen to remember those two. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Patrick, I got to ask you, mm-hmm. do you own this movie? Have you seen this movie? And uh, have you ever been to an Eyes Wide Shut style masquerade party? orgy i've seen it i own it i did not watch the copy that i own because i'm in san diego Perfect. so watch it on hbo max wouldn't be a fart house episode if you didn't do that <laughs> and um uh have i been to a party like the one that's featured in eyes wide shut no yes. I, I i think i would be promptly ejected from from a party like that my anxiety I, I also... would be palpable I feel like they'd be like, oh, right this way, and I'd go into a room that's actually a slide that would like jettison me out of the building, I think. <laughs> um, just a quick synopsis of this movie. Bill and Alice Harford are an affluent married couple living in New York City. Bill, played by Tom Cruise. Alice, played by Nicole Kidman. After Alice reveals to Bill that she dreamed of leaving him for a random sailor she saw at a hotel last year, Bill is sent into a tailspin and he journeys all over NYC for sexual satisfaction. But after he finds himself at a very scary masked sex orgy party that he wasn't invited to, he's in more trouble than he ever could even realize. Did you Um, read that from something or did you come up with that? I mean, I wrote that, Hmm. so I was reading that, but those are my words. That was a very good synopsis. Thank you. Uh, Patrick, when did you see this movie, and what were your uh, preconceived notions about this movie? So the first time I saw it was probably four years ago. Whoa, recently, when you were a man. When I was a man, baby. (laughs) Which... (laughs) That's not a woman, that's a man, baby. That's not your mother, it's a man, baby! I... I watched I watched Austin Powers on the flight to San Diego from Austin. He's like, "That's not a man, baby." <laughs> or no, that's not a woman, baby. That's a that's man. That's not a woman. That's a man, man. 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 <laughs> it's that's Basil's not your mother. mother. It's like, also, that's my mother. <laughs> Go off, get this wig off. I love Austin Powers. You have to admit, she looks a bit mannish. <laughs> well, she's not a man. We she looks like she was beaten with an ugly stick. Austin Powers is great. I loved it. I love that. It's so movie. good. It's fantastic. Anyways, yeah, no, I watched, I watched Eyes Wide Shut relatively recently over the past wow. sometime in the past four or five years. Yeah. What about is you? Is it the last 
Kubrick movie? Had you seen them all up to that point? Or the big ones, I should say? Well, the only, of the big one, you know, want to know my most embarrassing gap in Kubrickian. Oh, a secret shame? A secret shame. I haven't seen Spartacus. Oh, that's not that big of a shame. That oh, it's not? Okay. okay. No. Um, I haven't seen Spartacus, and I haven't seen... You have things you should be much more ashamed of. <laughs> like what? I don't know. <laughs> things you shouldn't mention. Yeah, things that don't get mentioned. That That's for the Patreon episode. When was the when first time you saw this? Dark. Um, Good question. It's been a while. It was a while ago. I probably saw it in college, I think. Um, do you remember seeing previews for it when you were a kid? Yes, I do. Me too. I was very like, what is that movie? And like, I feel like there was like rumors like, oh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman had actual sex in the movie. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. There's a lot of mystery surrounding it. Stanley Kubrick died six days after like finishing the final cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which there's some sort of, there's some like mystery kind of, or like there's uh, sort of some questions of how completed the movie actually was yeah there's by some, some people yeah some people contend that this is not actually his final cut but i believe his daughter contends that it is his final vision well also who contends it so there's like a like todd field who plays nick nightingale the piano player yes. who tells who used to tom come cruise in to intelligentsia do you remember yes i don't remember that oh he's a great director though i've only seen little children but in the bedroom is supposed to be really good in the too. bedroom is absolutely casey we should do in the bedroom on this it would okay, probably have our me. lowest we'd probably have our lowest listeners ever but it's a fantastic movie well it can't get much lower than we already are <laughs> uh but uh todd field he's a great director and he's an actor and he was friends with stanley kubrick apparently too and you know arlie ermy did you hear about this i know who arlie ermy is but i didn't so apparently when the movie was coming out or right after stanley kubrick died arlie ermy who plays like uh, he always plays like a military sergeant lieutenant guy he was in full metal jacket Mm -hmm. he like told the press he was like yeah stanley called me the other day and he was so upset with how the movie came out and he hated tom cruise and nicole kidman's performance (laughs) like and just like said all this crazy stuff but his daughter his daughter stanley cooper's daughter was like don't listen to a word he has to say that's completely false not true at all and like other people were like well i don't i don't think the movie was actually done I don't think that I think they just took the movie. The studio just took it and released it. They shouldn't have done that. But uh, back to Todd Field, Nick Nightingale, he was like good friends with Stanley Kubrick at the end of his life. And he was like, Stanley Kubrick told me never to work with Arlie Ermey. He's not a good dude. Like, don't believe him. Todd Field actually said this in public to people. Yeah. He was like, he was basically like, he's not a good guy. Um, He, yeah. Stanley told me not to work with him. And, he Todd Field contends that the reason Stanley Kubrick died is because he was so happy. Because he said he saw he hung out with him the weekend after he finished the final cut, like right before he died. And he said he's like never seen him happier. To me, and it's he says, insane that anyone would think this was a studio. <laughs> that is so true. And also, it's like because uh, yeah, number one, it's like this. three hours long. But also, it feels very tight. It feels like so well crafted. Like it doesn't feel messy at all, yeah, or no. like un- left undone. You no, know, a studio would have taken a fucking wrecking ball to this thing. <laughs> and there are scenes in this movie. I'm like, now why did that scene just happen? You know, like there's a few of those in there. But I'm intrigued the whole time. Yeah, you know. But there's definitely stuff. If you were a studio, you would want to 
cut. Oh, out of this if movie. you are a studio in no on no planet, are you okay with a hard R-rated, nearly three-hour movie about? And I think they had to they had to do some editing to make it an R because there's so much graphic sex in the oh, movie. Yeah. Like Tom Cruise, Bill, the the Doctor Bill, he finds himself at this masquerade party where people it's like an orgy and it's quite, pretty wild pretty wait wild case stuff. you know what i just completely forgot what why are we doing this episode why are we doing this movie for this episode oh <laughs> jingle bells jingle bells jingle all the way christmas this is a christmas movie yeah. through and through this is the a- definitive christmas movie the definitive christmas movie but you know i'm i'm kind of not being funny either because it is a christmas movie no it's a christmas movie for sure every scene there's a ton of christmas there's not a ton but there is christmas music it's around christmas and in like every single shot of every scene there's a fucking christmas tree in the corner also it feels very christmasy i don't want to say that this is inspired by um oh my god what's the die hard I don't want to say that this is inspired by A Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life, but I feel like there's this sort of self-examination that um, Tom Cruise's character, Bill Hartford, kind of goes under. And he kind of goes on this odyssey, this journey that is not unlike some of these other Christmas movies where people kind of go on these journeys and reflect on their relationships and reflect on their lives and... Christmas and is a time come of back to their family. Yes, yeah, exactly. And that, it is like it's like it follows the Christmas tropes. It absolutely you know? does. Yeah, I mean, there is a sex orgy with in this movie. That's not a Christmas trope, but other than that, there's some Christmas trope. I stuff think it in should there, be a staple you know? of the Christmas film. I think so too. I think I, orgies I think, should be part and parcel of Christmas. Film. I, I and hopefully, God willing, the Hallmark <laughs> Channel will pick up that mantle and have some orgies in their <laughs> movies as uh, you know going forward um patrick do you know who the masked woman at that party who do- did the voice no who did the voice of the masked woman this only came out like two years ago because it was they it um it's not the actress's real voice wait what do you mean it's this Kate only Blank- came out two years ago this news oh that, this news of who it was oh, actual oh, oh. the voice okay the voice is kate blanchett what yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. How do you? This is it's confirmed, verified, confirmed. And she she's not in the end credits. No, she's not in the credits. Why would they put another voice in other than the actress that played the woman in the? Party? Because she didn't she didn't have a believable American accent. I think she was like Russian or something. The woman that played the uh, woman at the party. Yeah. I'm not sure what you think you're doing, but you don't belong here. I'm sorry, but I think you've mistaken me for someone else please don't be foolish you must go now wow that is very fascinating that's like uh, James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader yes it is much like that very similar uh, <laughs> very similar yes in a lot of ways very similar uh, this movie holds the Guinness Book of World Records longest continuous film shoot 400 days. Holy shit, really? Yes. That I did not like, know. Like, nonstop shooting for like 400 days. I mean, I'm sure they had weekends and stuff, but it's not like they took 100 days off in the middle, you know? Uh, and then this was, you know where this was shot? It was in England, right? It was all shot in England, but it mm-hmm. feels like a New York movie. They like recreated everything. But does it's it feel crazy. a little bit like a, um, it feels like an off-kilter New York. 
It does. It feels kind of like... But not because of where it's shot. It feels purposely off-kilter. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like there is kind of this, like, regalness to it. Mm-hmm. You know? This movie is very much... This sounds very cliche, but this movie is very dreamlike. It's, like, probably the it most is. dreamlike of his movies. It's, like, like the... You remember the scene in The Shining where Jack Nicholson, where Jack Torrance goes into the ballroom and he meets... um God, what's his name? And it's, like, all the kind of ghosts of the of the Overlook Hotel or the sort waiter. of... The Yeah. You're not too busy, are you? <laughs> No, sir. Not busy at all. Good man. You set him up and I'll knock him back, Lloyd. One by one. White man's burden, Lloyd, my man. White man's burden. And um, that feels very dreamlike. And this is like <laughs> this is like a three-hour-long version of that in terms of its yeah. feel. Yeah. It. I mean, it's a very kind of. It feels like a book. In mm-hmm. a lot of ways, and I say that as a compliment because all of Tom Cruise's like actions are motivated on this confession from his wife Alice, played by Nicole Kidman, saying she was like last. She was like, "You think you know me?" They're high when they have this conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You think you know me?" But last year we were at a hotel and I saw this sailor, and if he said, "Come with me," I would have dropped you and our daughter like that. Yes. And I would have gone with him, even if it just meant being with him for one night. I would have left you and our daughter. So and case, it's like, oh my god! Here's you know? when we get into but the that. Hit. Motivated his whole sexual journey for the rest of the movie. Exactly. Go. It was. It was the. It was the inciting incident. So th- there's yes. so much to dig into here, Case. Yes. Part of what frustrated Nicole Kidman's character so much was how, like, she was almost annoyed at how secure Tom Cruise was. Like yeah, because he, he was, was like, like, I don't get jealous. I don't get jealous when you're... Because she was like about to make out with another guy at this party. And I think he kind of saw that, but he wasn't jealous. He was like, you're my wife. You wouldn't do that. Yeah. And, and I she's can, like, au contraire. And here's the sort of paradox of that. Like, I feel like most people don't like a very jealous partner. But on the other hand, people would like a partner that, I don't know, desires them or like feels like a... I don't know. I think there's a conflation of jealousy and desire. You know, like, I think you can be like, I didn't like that. I desire you. But you not, you know, being a jealous person is bad. Right. But I think their jealousy does feel like desire. Yeah. I think, I think he, I think Tom Cruise's character went too far in the other direction with almost making it seem like he didn't care. And I feel like you have to care, but you you shouldn't. You gotta care. But you shouldn't be like, who was that? What were you doing with him? Yeah, because she was like, it looked like she was about to have sex with this guy on the dance floor. Yeah, like they're the like Hungarian almost guy. making out this hung, hot hunk Hungarian dude. Yeah, Hungarian. Hunk- as you call him. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting because it's like, yeah, this like one conversation, and then for the rest of the movie, he's like, I gotta go have sex. Yeah, I gotta go have sex with somebody. He like needs to get his rocks off. He was that's like obs- the whole and movie. he was like so much stuff so much awful stuff happens like or not uh, uh, yeah some kind of awful stuff happens towards the back half of the movie and he can't get out of his mind this image of his wife and this naval officer having sex that didn't even happen and he's just obsessing over it. It's all he can now, think about. I have a question. Yes. Was he motivated was he motivated by Okay. Do you think he was motivated by revenge? Do you think he was motivated by wanting to get back at his wife? Or do you think that it awoke something in him that he was like jealous that was awoken in her and he was like, I want to feel what she felt? I th- I think you could make a reasonable argument for both, but I think, and maybe I'm projecting, but I think the former. 
I okay. think it felt a little bit more, maybe not vengeance fueled, but more like she did this, so I am free to do this sort of. Thing. But do you think he's trying to get back at her, or like he wants to do it? It's like more of because mm. it okay. to me it feels more of his like own motivation. It's like I want to do this. Yeah, it felt like she kind of opened the she unlocked the door and he opened the door. Yes. Although, the, ironically, he maybe not ironically, but he did not have sex with anyone. No, he did a bad job. <laughs> he could have had sex. I was like, go to a bar and try to pick up a woman because he tried to he tried to go with a sex worker, and then something kind of got in the way of that. Well, because he got a phone these, call from his wife. Yeah, but he's in all these situations that are both sexual and death related because we find out later that that sex worker was just diagnosed with HIV. So she having sex with her, that would have been bad. Uh, and then, uh, which did you think that was a, did you think that was a value judgment at all in Kubrick's part? Like, do you think that was like a, see, here's what's happened. Here's if you behave yourself, you will not get HIV. Like, do you think it was, that it sort, sort of-, of seems that way. Cause like, Every sexual encounter he has, like death, is kind of nearby. Like he goes and sees this. I don't. I don't know if he was like a patient of his or like someone that was one of his mentors dies, and then his daughter, do- the mentor's daughter, is there, and she like tries to like make out with him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he rebuffs her, and he rebuffs her. Yeah, but it there is sort of a morality thing there of like if you seek sex outside of the marriage, death become. Uh, is upon you kind of, or like, I don't know if that's what it's saying, but it, there is something that could be read into this. You know, do you know how you would like, if Trisha told you that she had these feelings, how would you react? That would be a tough one. Yeah. We'd have to go to some counseling. I would almost be like, cause like Nicole Kidman is so mean. She's very in mean. In that and it's like, Really trying to make him hurt. Yeah, she's putting the screws you know? to him. And, and he's being a douche, but she's being really cruel. He is, but I think she was meaner than he yeah. was a douche. He was just and being a... He was just like a stoned idiot, and she just like fucking yeah. put the screws to him. But she's like, I would have dropped you. I would have gotten out of here at the drop of a hat if he had just crooked his little finger But I guess in her defense, remember, hither. he was do- kind of like differentiating between men and women, basically like, well, men will put their seed in anything, and women, you know, they yeah. want... No, I mean, he wasn't... He was stupid, but like, if Trisha talked to me that way, that would be so hard. It was very mean. I don't think I... It was very, it was it really, very cruel. would have really stung. Yeah. Trisha would never do such a... Wouldn't talk to me in such a mean way. So I remember... This was, I think, this is the kind of thought that I think maybe a lot of people probably, they intuitively know that probably partners that you've been with for a long time, and not not all partners, but some percentage, maybe over 50%, they might think about being with another person every once in a while. And I remember one time I was with my college girlfriend, and yes. I remember we went, I remember I picked her up from the airport, we went out to dinner, and somehow we got on this topic of fantasizing about other people Mm -hmm. and it really upset me that she was saying all this and the irony was i had i had thought about with being with other people and she had thought about being with other people but it really upset me hearing it vocalized yeah and it's a it's a weird space to be in because it's the something that you kind of want to deny and not to, to choose that it doesn't exist but I think, yeah, not that not that it needs to be a focal point of all your conversations. But I think at some point, 
you know, it needs to be acknowledged. And maybe one party feels that way and the other one doesn't. But if one party feels that way and the other party doesn't, the party that doesn't feel that way shouldn't judge that other party for potentially feeling that way. Well, I think it is more of a, like, everyone's going to feel those things. Everyone's going to think those Mm -hmm. things. But it's another thing to put yourself in a situation like... I haven't done anything yet. I haven't done oh, anything yeah. like towing the line kind of like Nicole Kidman on the dancer and Tom Cruise at that party. He's like walking off. It seems like he's about to have sex with these oh, two yeah. women. They both like, took it a step too far e- at the party. Yeah. He shouldn't have even been like arm in arm with these two women. Trisha, when we were watching it, she was like, if I saw you walking arm in arm with, with like two hot <laughs> women at a party, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you shouldn't put yourself in that situation. You might have those thoughts or feelings, but it's another thing to put yourself you know, in danger. I agree. At the party, were. I think he was more, in the, I mean, Nicole Kidman was dancing very closely with the hunk Garion, but I mean, it's, it's a dance. I, I wouldn't be too, too concerned about that. It's like, I feel like it's a, there's obviously there's can be an element of sexual tension there, but there's a, yeah, you know, plausible deniability. Of, there's some sure. degree of innocence there that you can maintain. It was funny. Cause so Tom Cruise goes all all night, goes out all night, tries to have sex, ends up at a sex orgy, gets kicked out of the orgy because he's not supposed to be there, comes back home, and his wife is like, oh, I just had a crazy dream. I was getting fucked by a sailor. <laughs> and Trisha was like, Trisha said this also. She's like, if I was Tom Cruise, I'd be like, again with the damn sailor? Yeah. Would you just shut up about the sailor for cool a second? Too. Like you, just, like some things you can just kind of keep to yourself. Like even if you know intuitively. Yeah, she was too much of an open book. Yeah, it's like even if you know intuitively your partner might have those thoughts about other people, you don't need to hear them. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm speaking for myself and not everyone. But Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> so, it was just like, yes, let me guess. You had this sex dream about oh, the sailor. They, uh-huh. And they just okay, kept fucking you. Good. Oh, and it felt so okay. good. Yeah. So how awful. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you were laughing at me. Very good. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about that party. Because that's like what the most famous thing about this the movie orgy? is. The orgy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can we talk about and the masks? The masks. Tom Cruise gets the password from this old buddy of his who tells him about the party. He breaks in. How do you think they found him out? That he was not one of them because right away there's people like Who so are they, you? even though they're all wearing masks. One of the big things that gives him away is he arrives in a cab. Almost everyone else arrives in a limo. He arrives in a cab. Yes, they said that, but it seemed like it went beyond. That, I think it was just his energy. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Uptight. Mm-hmm. Bad vibes. But maybe and, the cab uh, was enough to. I mean, maybe between the cab and their little inquisition where they yeah. fully expose him. It seemed like that one guy in that scarier mask caught like locked on him right away, though. Remember yes, that? that mask is very scary. And do you think that was Sidney Pollock's character or no? Hmm. Interesting. Sidney Pollock is a rich guy that uh, Tom Cruise knows. And it turns out he was actually at that party and saw what went down, how he got kicked out and stuff. And he's like, these are dangerous people. Don't mess with them. Uh, it could have been. Maybe it could have been. That's an interesting theory. But it seemed like that guy squealed on him. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sydney uh, squealed on him. Yeah, that's but true. But I don't know. Do you think if you were at a party like that, like let's I was yes, if you were at a party like that, what would you do? If am I am I in Tom Cruise's situation where I'm not supposed to be there, or am I supposed you're to supposed be there? to be there? But you didn't know it was oh, going to would... be that. You were invited, but you didn't know it was going to be that. Hmm. Interesting. If I didn't know it was going to be like that. And I wasn't married and was free to mingle. 
I'd partake in a few orgies here and there. Maybe one in the library, maybe one, you know, in the waiting room, maybe one in the kitchen. I don't know. Would you, Seems kind of would fun. you observe? Would you watch others partake? Sure. Yeah, I think I would. It would too. be hard not to observe. Yeah. It was everywhere. At the very least, it's like, this is so bizarre, I need to kind of just take it in. If I if it was my first time and I knew I was coming back, I would probably maybe be more of an observer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But it seems it seems scary because it seemed like if you break if you tell somebody you die, that's kind of what the the vibe was right. there. Although you know? Sydney Pollock later, it's like the Illuminati. Yeah, it's like the Illuminati. But although later Sydney Pollock tries to play it down like, oh, we're just just scare tactics. We don't actually do this. But he's like scare tactics, and then Tom Cruise was like. Well, how do you explain that the woman who said she would take the blame for me is now dead? And he's like, "Kowinky dink." Yeah, and Nick Nightingale was like seen with bruises and beaten up all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he has a little bruise. He's fine. Did you? Oh, this is the thing. Do you think Nick Nightingale is alive? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. I think he was killed. Yeah, I agree. I think these people Scary. are very powerful. I think they can do whatever they do, want. Would you want to be in this uh, a group like this little? No, I mean, no. I don't. Do you care about power? I don't really care about power. It's weird when people really care about power, and that's what makes you weak. <laughs> yes, that's why we're on a podcast instead of that's why at an we orgy. have a, a podcast. <laughs> what do you think an orgy is like? <laughs> do you think anybody cries? <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I also don't care about power or money. I mean, I want to own a home, but like the idea of being the mega rich, like even Sydney um, Pollock's house was insane. Yeah, it was awful in New York. It was like I, I would never want to live there. It looked shitty. It was like a fucking. It was like a crypt. I mean, not really, but it was like. No, I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, it's cool. I'd live there. Yeah. Okay, to. yeah, I'd live there. <laughs> I'm just trying to talk myself out of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be rich, actually. I, um, I want to live in the shack just, that Nicolas you know, Cage lived in and pig. <laughs> I feel like very a fortunate person. You know, I have enough money to do fun things, have a little podcast on the side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I'm, I have so much less money than the uber rich. It's crazy. Yeah, the gulf you know? is pretty wide. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Have you read anything by Esther Perel? No. So who is that? She is a like sex therapist and relationship therapist. And I actually first heard about her from Shanti. She had a podcast, or she has a podcast. I think it's called "Where Do We Begin." Ah, okay. Oh wait, yes, I do know her. I read "Mating in Captivity." Oh, you did read "Mating in Captivity." Heard some of it. Yeah. Okay. So when I was going through my separation and divorce, uh, yes, I was reading "Mating in Captivity," and it's a very yes. Um, illuminating book in a lot of ways and it kind of talks about the paradox of security and desire yes. and kind of like how mystery is kind of like this key to eroticism however security is kind of at odds with mystery and and you want both and you and, and you we want, want both. security not all of us but a lot we, of people want both we want security but also when it comes to sex Security is a bit of a turnoff exactly. because it's predictable mm-hmm. and you become less attracted sexually. This is why people have affairs, I guess. But there are things you just need to work on. Right. You need to figure it exactly. out. And there is a way to figure it out. And that's Yeah, it was an interesting book, and I think it really hit on something 
yeah, intriguing about sexual attraction and danger and security. Yeah, as well. and that's um, I was thinking about the book a lot during Eyes Wide Shut because I think there's a lot of overlapping themes. And I think particularly at the end when they're kind of walking through the toy store with their daughter, um, oh, what is the last line of the movie? Uh, Nicole Kidman says something like, there's one more thing we have to do when we get, when home. We get home. And he's like, what's that? She's like, fuck. Fuck. The last line of the And it's film. like, it's a very, fuck. it's like kind of, you could say that it's like coarse or vulgar, but it's also like very romantic and loving. And it's like kind of. And like, I want you. Yeah. And I want you. And that's like. A key to a sustaining relationship. In some way, they kind of found their mojo again. They did. I mean, Tom Cruise did bad stuff, and I I think she should have been more mad because she was like, let's just be grateful that we have each other. I was like, really? Okay. Although he didn't uh, technically... I mean, he... He tried, though. Not... He would have. Wait, who do you... Th- uh, With the sex worker? Or do you yeah, think he would have think... at, the, at the party, too? I think he would have at the party if he hadn't been kicked out. I think it would have with the sex worker if she didn't have that the news about the other sex worker who had HIV. Uh, yeah, it just seemed like it didn't quite work out. But she, yeah, I mean, maybe she's grateful in that way. But it did seem like they had their mojo, and I think that they could partake in those fantasies a little bit more with each other and in a safe and not mean environment. Yes. You know? We... So. I, we may have acknowledged this at the top, but I don't know if we explicitly did. But what was interesting about this movie, too, is Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman were married uh, during the production of this movie. Yes. It's interesting, too, because Tom Cruise at this time made some really good movies. Yeah. Magnolia, Eyes Wide Shut, Jerry Maguire. He's arguably hasn't made as good a movie no, since. No, he hasn't. And I wrote that in my notes, too. I was like, what is he like? I mean, the Mission Impossible movies are fun, but he actually is a really good actor, and it's really disappointing that he hasn't done anything like this since. It seems like he doesn't want to tap into that inner Tom. Yeah, the inner Tom. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to go in there. He doesn't like that. I guy. wonder how long after this movie was released that they split up. Do you know? I don't know. I do not know. They seem an odd couple in retrospect. Do you think it would be hard? I know that you've acted before, but do you think it would be hard to date an actor like of this? Someone at this level of a Tom Cruise, Nicole. Yeah, I think because there's like they become like non-humans. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about like The Rock mm-hmm. or like Kevin Hart or um, like they like a lot of the people who become Marvel movie stars. They become like these weird plastic people yeah. without personality. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think it'd be hard. I agree. Patrick, we really got to move yeah. on to the farts. And there's just so much to say about this definitive Christmas movie, Eyes Wide Shut. All right, Patrick, we're here. We're at the end. The, the fartsy test. It's the test we use to determine the fartsiness of a movie, which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy a movie is. We continually add and subtract from the list. There's a lot going on with this. Um, there, the, the music, there's there's some really good music in this movie. I love the music. Like is, the it little, a, is it is uh, it was it original music or ding, is it ding, a ding. was it appropriated from some other? I don't know. That's kind of a Stanley Kubrick thing. Like, two thousand one Space Odyssey is all like, there's not a score. He just like took that from other right, compositions. Yeah. Yeah. And Terrence Malick does. I mean, Terrence Malick has scores like Alexander Desplat, but he also incorporates a lot of like classical music that is already in existence. Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yeah. Hmm. Like in the New Very World, he uses a lot of uh, 
mm. music that's uh, like. I'm surprised we haven't done a Terrence Malick movie yet. It is kind of strange. We should do a Terrence Malick movie soon. I was obsessed with Me him. Me too. Obsessed. Yeah, he was my um, Patrick. Yeah. There's no suicide, and there is no penis in no, this. No, for as much hardcore sex as there's, there's no penis. A lot and of nude no women. Masturbation either. I'm kind of surprised. I feel like there. I feel like there were shots of people masturbating. There must have been that were cut. Yeah, and I'm sure because there must have been some penis on the cutting room floor. Imagine how much I'm penis was on ma- the floor. Oh, I mean, just scattered penises <laughs> all over the floor. Uh, there. Um. You know, they're 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 uh, some people are giving each other oral sex, but with the masks on, that would be hard. I'm surprised there weren't about... more mouth openings <laughs> on the masks. They all cover the ma- mouth. That was really funny. There was quite a bit of oral sex for how much mask wearing there was. Like, how, how is this working logistically? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like you get glitter down there. It seems like I don't know. It seems bad. Uh, are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I'd say so. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine, you like, did you see this movie actually made quite a bit of money? Yeah, I think there was just so much hype about yeah. it, you know? I just can't believe, I mean, we talked about this before, and I know it's it's not fun to be like, a, this wouldn't happen today, but it's just like, this one's really astonishing. It is. What's, well, I feel like for Netflix it would. What do you mean, like, this could happen? Well, we talked about this, a few, like, some number of episodes ago. Supposedly, there's rumors that Netflix is wrangling with Andrew Dominic about his cut of his um, Marilyn Monroe movie. Oh, that's right. Some, supposedly, they're concerned about the level of graphic sex in his Marilyn Monroe movie. Hmm. So, I don't know. Get over Get it. Get over it. Which director is most, has the, the status of Stanley Kubrick right now, where a movie coming out would be as big of a deal as a Stanley Kubrick movie coming out. I think Stanley Kubrick's an infinitely better director, but I would maybe Christopher Nolan. Yeah, but or Denny Villeneuve. Yeah, I would probably say Christopher Nolan. Denny Villeneuve, no, I don't think he's as big. I would say Christopher Nolan. I mean, you could say like, Spielberg too. I mean, famously, you know who I think it is. Who? Where it's like an event. Who? Quentin Tarantino. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he doesn't make a movie every year. It's like every five years. It's a big deal when one comes out. Yeah. I think that probably is the best comp. And his movies are usually pretty successful financially. Yeah. And, and he's kind of allowed to do whatever he wants. And you know? even the most casual of film fans know the name Quentin Tarantino. Or like people that it's true. aren't even really film fans will know the name Quentin Tarantino. And his movies are definitely yeah. artsier than Christopher Nolan's. Can uh, Peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? This is a. I was shocked and horrified at how long this movie was. Same. When I put it on, I was like, oh my God. I didn't remember it being that long. But, Patrick, did you fall asleep? I did not. And I started watching it around 8 15, 8 30. That's wild. Yeah. Man. And I made it all the way stuff. through. It, I mean, it's gripping. Mm-hmm. I was not bored. Uh, I really like this For movie. me, there's a few things that feel. Hmm. I checked my watch a few times. I just imagine the first time you saw this movie, not you, I mean like the public, mm-hmm. the general you, I feel like people would be like, where's the goddamn masquerade orgy scene? Because <laughs> it comes so late and it's like two hours into the movie or an hour and a half. Or you'd be like, when are we getting to sex stuff? Because like an hour and a half into the movie, it's like they had a fight and they were at a party yeah. and like you know what i mean and the opening party it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of um 
I love the movie The Deer Hunter, but remember, have you seen the Deer, you've seen The Deer Hunter, right? Yeah. Remember the first hour is like this like wedding. It's the wedding. Really yeah. tedious, long, long yeah. wedding sequence, and it's and you're like, when are we gonna get to the Russian yeah. roulette? <laughs> exactly. I want to see somebody's brains get blown <laughs> yeah, exactly. out. Exactly. Uh, now, Patrick, is there an inordinate amount of milling about? So much so this could be retitled "We're the Millers." It frankly should be. Tom Cruise is milling all over the city. Oh my god! Yeah, they should call it Mill Hat instead of Manhattan. Very good, Patrick. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, he's like just walking around, contemplating, thinking about his wife having sex with that sailor, trying to have sex, failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you? Oh, what did you think of Alan Cummings' performance? Loved Alan. Love seeing Alan Cumming in this. He's great. I Trisha had a funny observation. What was it? I'm sorry for bringing up Trisha so much. She's That's just okay. So smart. Yes. She's a part she of your said, life. I bring up people part of my said, life. She uh, said. She thought Alan Cummings' performance was that of a gay man actually meeting the real Tom Cruise. <laughs> like, he played it as if that bellhop or that guy who worked at the hotel was meeting the celebrity Tom Cruise and not just a, a handsome doctor. But, I mean, there's uh, is there anyone as handsome as Tom Cruise? I mean... I mean, he's good looking, but it's the, the way that... Alan Cummings is like, well, it was a strange. Let performance. me tell you, Doctor. <laughs> it's funny you should ask that question, uh, Bill, because actually there was something a little strange about the way Mr. Nightingale left. Yes, actually, it's so funny that you <laughs> asked that because I noticed last night. Yeah, I it was yeah, a very, very good. I this. loved it's it, but very, it was a strange performance. It was a strange scene, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. Uh, poster titillation. For me, it's through the fucking roof. For me, it's very high. I love this poster, and I remember yeah, seeing it's a great it in. Poster. I remember seeing it in movie theaters when I was a kid. I remember seeing the cover at Blockbuster. The uh, trailer was scary. The trailer, and... like it, it's you know something is really well. Maybe this is too grand of a statement, but it's, there's something to be said for something. If you were you know we were ten, eleven years old, and images of we this didn't know are what sex. Was. We didn't know. Well, I knew what it was, but uh, it wasn't engaging. <laughs> I knew what a dildo was. That was like you knew what I a dildo that was as a young age, like before I even learned how sex work worked. I remember. Wait, how did you learn about a dildo the... before sex? Because when you ride the bus in Minneapolis, there's dildos on uh, it. I well, like I took the school bus home, <laughs> and dildos. you know it would be like me, like first grader with like eighth graders, mm-hmm. and like they were like, "Do you know what a dildo is?" I remember them explaining <laughs> to me, like a seventh grader telling me what a dildo was on the bus. I remember my friend Jimmy. And I Reynolds. was like, "I don't get it." My friend Jimmy Reynolds, he told me when I was uh, in second grade, I was seven, what sex was. As I first heard, he's like, "When, when a man puts his penis in a woman's vagina," and I was wow. horrified. I was like, "This is you didn't like no." It, it really bothered me. me. I remember in first grade. Everyone, I learned the word sex in first grade, not knowing what it was. And I remember Jeff Oaks, who was a bit of a tattletale. You always remember the kids who are the tattletales, don't you? Yes. Yeah, you do. He goes, hey, Casey, do you like sex? And I was like, uh, this is like the, literally the first time I'd heard the word, you know? And I was like, uh, yeah, I like sex. And he's like, I'm telling on you. And then he like ran to go tell the teacher. And I was like, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. And then he came back and he's like, good. It's good that you were kidding. I was about to tell on you. I was like, looking back on that, <laughs> an odd situation, but I remember it very vividly. Very, uh, childhood is very strange. 
<laughs> I mean, adulthood's weird, but childhood is really, really strange. I remember learning the word fuck, too, because I was like... Me, too. I, was like, I remember learning the word because fuck, Because I too. knew there was an F word. Like, people get mm-hmm. being like, oh, the F word. And I'm like, tell me what the F word is. And kids were like, I can't, but I know what it is, but I can't tell you. And then I remember an older cousin of my friend, Kelly Malloy, he was yelling fuck all the time. And I was like, I've never heard that word before. I think that has to be the F word. I'm so happy I just learned it. I remember my uh, this guy I went to school with, his name was Joey Legans. And he told me, he's like, do you know what the worst word you can say is? And I said, what? And he said, it's fuck. F-U-C-K. Fuck. Awesome. And that's how I learned the F word. And then were you, how were you with swear words when you were a kid? What do you mean? How was I? Like, I was scared of them as a kid. Yeah, I was scared of them. I didn't use them. And I remember Joey Legans in probably third or fourth grade, he wrote in my yearbook, Have One Hell of a Summer. And I was really scared that my parents were going to see that he wrote, Have One Hell of a oh, Summer shit. in my yearbook. Oh, shit. He had, he had cussed in my yearbook. So you threw your yearbook <laughs> away? <laughs> <laughs> threw it in a dumpster and ran yeah. home crying. <laughs> we're soft. Oh, my God. We're soft, man. We're, we're real. Soft people, Casey. Uh, Patrick, what's your score for this movie? Eight point three. That's a good score, Patrick. I like that. I'm gonna say eight point three too, because it's not cool. confusing, but it is. A, it, it takes you places. <laughs> like you, you it's very long, it. and it it tests you. Yeah. Now, Patrick, we're doing a movie next week, and what's the holiday that comes after Christmas? Uh, New Year's. Th- Duh. That's correct. And what's the holiday that comes after New Year's? My birthday. So, <laughs> New Year's Eve, we're doing a New Year's Eve-y kind of movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's in the zeitgeist. He is. Because he has another movie out now. Yes. We're doing Phantom Thread. We're going to be talking about Mr. Woodcock himself. I'm excited. I love it. I, we're we're going to have so many... This is, I'm creating work for you. We're going to have so many drops for you to put it. There are so many spectacular one-liners in Phantom Thread. Mm, yeah. Uh, we'll see if they make it. Like, remember, uh, what is his what is his quote about confrontation? It's like, I can't start my day with confrontation. Yeah, that's what I said to Trisha. And then he says something about um, his toast comments are very funny. Yes. Um, clopping along like a Clydesdale or something like that. We'll hone these quotes. So I'm eating by some tortilla chips. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll have them all memorized. We're basically just going to do a live reading of the script. Sure, of Phantom Thread. sure, sure. <laughs> I have one criticism about this movie, and I think what? it's going to shock some of our listeners. But listen in next week to find out what that is. See that? I love that you did that's that. That's like a that. professional, you know. Wait, I want to do that. Okay. I want to start doing. Yeah, that. what's a hot? Uh, what's a tease you can do for next week? Well, I can't do one for Phantom Thread, but I'll do one for another one. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Patrick, that's our show. We did it again. I can't believe it. 71 episodes. That's like fucking cuckoo to me. I know. Uh, it's amazing. Thank you. T- and before, I will say, before you mentioned we don't have that many listeners, we actually We're are, doing good, people. We're doing we're good. We're doing good. And tell your friends, people. We're going to have to open another. And become patrons of the farts. Yeah, tell your friends. That's how people, honestly, that's how people learn about podcasts. Friends. Telling friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, patrons of the farts, for keeping this show going. If you want to become a patron of the fart, go to patreon.com slash pod. We just dropped an excellent, excellent, actually it came out today, diehard yeah. episode in our Patreon feed for the recalibration episode. I really like that episode, Patrick. 
mm-hmm. here's a teaser. I'm gonna that listen one. to it tonight. I, uh, I I lob an accusation at Patrick that pisses him off so much. Yes, and, it really did. It was so annoying. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, but I think I was right. So listen to the episode. I had tickets to see Benedetta that night. I almost canceled because I was so You're upset. So hot. So heated. Yeah. Well, it's like texting Manuel. It's like Casey's talking shit, and I might have to cancel. I know our your our anger bled into a text exchange with Luce. We were fighting <laughs> in the text exchange with Luce. She had to say, "Break it up, boys." I know. And then I and then I accidentally paid you a huge compliment, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, really backfired. <laughs> that's all. Um, very good, Patrick. What are you going to have for a dinner? Um, a burrito? I think uh, some leftover enchiladas. My mom made some really good chicken enchiladas the other night. I was close. You were very close. And in fact, close. my mom had kept offering me a burrito. And it do- a burrito does sound good, but uh, I'm trying to lose LBs here, bro. And I've just been packing them on we since I've been are, home. Yeah, we're, yeah, I hear you. So, so I'm having enchiladas. <laughs> since you've been home since, yeah. <laughs> I'm so trying to lose I'm weight, so I'm having diet chicken route. enchiladas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those that know California that. burritos know that they're about the size of a hippo's head and about 4,000 calories. And uh, 4,000. Yeah. yeah, truly. It's I like, was going to go to Pizza Port tonight, the, but it didn't end up working out. Oh, pizza Port. I love I know. Pizza Port. Maybe I will man. go. Maybe I'll just go for a beer. You going to bring like a mom or a dad with you? A mom or a dad? Yeah. Maj or We'll see. If they've been good. <laughs> if they behave themselves, I'll let them out of their crate. <laughs> You'll let them have one yeah, garlic I, buddy. <laughs> When I get home, I put my mom and dad in a crate. <laughs> they tear up the house if you let them run around. <laughs> All right. That's us. We are the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Bye. Patas. Patas. Patas.